All right, all right. Hey, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Hey, Aiden got good, man. Let's uh, let's praise God for for the for the worship that we that we just had. So good, so good, so good. Hey, uh, before we pray and jump in here to the sermon this morning, I just want to encourage I just want to encourage you guys uh, with with a couple of things. And uh, and 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 really, I'll set up this way. I really want to set up this way. Uh, you ever go to the you ever go to the pool, right? You ever go to the swimming pool? Maybe you got a pool, maybe public pool, something like that. Go to the pool. And they see those people, and, and they go there, and they don't, even, they don't even swim. They just get on the edge of the pool, and they just wave their feet in the water. You ever seen those people? Uh, any of those people here? You're weird if you're those people. I don't get it, because when you go to the, when you go to the pool, you jump into the pool. You, you jump in, and you know what? Um, God wants you to do the exact same thing in your relationship with him. He doesn't want you just to, to go halfway or a little bit where you get your feet wet. He wants you just to jump all the way in. And so some of you, like I said, Baptism Sunday is next Sunday, and I'm telling you, you will not regret being a part of that. If you have not signed up, all you've got to do is check the box on the back of the card. We'll get in touch with you or sign up out there. And then another way just to jump in is to be a part of Discover Summit. Again, that's not tonight. It'll be in two weeks, the first Sunday of March at 6 o'clock. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Just wanted to mention those to you guys. We are excited this morning. Uh, get to close out our Don't Give Up series. Uh, and and hey, I, I hope you guys have been helped. I, th- I hope that you found this profitable, that, this, that God's really spoke to you through this series. Has this helped anybody this past couple of weeks? I know that I've got a lot of feedback and, and God just really, it just seemed like God brought this series to our church at a time when a lot of people needed it. And so, so just really excited for what God's done and pumped for what we're going to do here this morning as we close this out. So I want to pray and then we're going to jump in. It's going to be a good time today. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that you've given us a chance to all be here and to worship. And, and Father, I, I know that uh, there's, there's, uh, everybody's thinking about the weather and everything like that and what that could mean for their week. But, but God, help us just to focus on right here because this is where you've got us. God, God I, believe that you, I believe that you kept the weather away for a while so the churches could gather, so that we could gather right here because, God, I believe that you've got a word specifically for our church today. God, I believe that you're going to do something really remarkable today. And God, I pray that this will be a turning point in people's lives. God, this will be a, this will be a big moment, big day for our church. And Father, you would just give me the words to say, God, I thank you that you are on this stage with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let me ask you guys a quick question really quick. And you guys answer this by raising your hands, all right? Raising your hands. not going to do anything to you. not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. But I want you to answer this question. Raising your hands. How many of you in here wear glasses? My hand is up. I'm in that crowd. All right. A lot of people. A lot of people. I'm not going to make fun of you. That's all I said. So, all right. A lot of people wear uh, glasses. That's good. That's good. A lot of people wear glasses. You know, I don't know about, I don't know uh, why, when you wear your glasses. Some people I know, they only have to wear glasses uh, on certain occasions. You know what I mean? So if you're going to drive, you've got to wear your glasses because there's a rumor it's important to see when you're driving. Um, maybe you, when you read, maybe when you watch TV, you need to wear glasses. Uh, for me, though, I've got to wear my glasses all the time. Uh, like, literally, if I take my glasses off, and I'll do it right now just for effect, if I take my glasses off, I promise I cannot see anybody in the room right now. I am completely blind. What happened as soon as I took my glasses off, everybody just morphed into this multicolored ball, and so I'm just looking at a big blur right now, but as soon as I put them back on, Everything comes into focus. See, without, without my glasses, I can't see the way that I'm supposed to, but as soon as I put them on, everything comes into focus, and I can see the way that I should. And if you're here today, and if you've got a relationship with Jesus, then, then you know 
that as you get closer to Jesus, one of the things that happens as you get closer to Jesus is you start to see the world the way that you're supposed to. You, everything comes into focus. You start to see things differently than when you used to. And you, this is really easy to prove. If you, came, if you just came to Christ here in the past couple of weeks, maybe at Summit, or if you've been a Christian a while, you know that there are things in your life that you think differently about them now because you've got a relationship with Jesus, don't you? Right? That, that you, you've got an opinion about some things, and those opinions have changed. The way that you have seen certain things has changed because you've got a relationship with Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more clearer things become. And that's especially true when it comes to how you see other people. That's especially true when it comes to how you see people or what you think when you look at people. See, I don't know about you, I'm just going to talk about me for a second. I'll just be really honest about me. But for me, I find myself a lot of times... And I don't see people the way that Jesus sees people. You know what I'm saying? I just don't see people a lot of times the way that Jesus sees people. There's a lot of times when I can look at somebody and they might annoy me. I know that you guys don't struggle with this. Just let me vent for a little bit, all right? There, there are times maybe when I look at somebody and I might think that they're in my way. They're keeping me from doing what I think that I need to be doing. Or, or there are times when I might look at somebody, I get frustrated. Because they're not acting. They're not doing what I think that they ought to do. I have a, I have a problem looking at people the way that Jesus does. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to that. And so today what we're going to do, as we're, in, as we're finishing up our four-week series, Don't Give Up, what we've done in this series is the first week we talked about how the reason we should not give up, the reason that you should stay in the race, keep going, is because God never gives up on you. And then after that we talked about how do you keep going when life is hard. And what we said is the way that you keep going when life is hard is you remember this is a test. That, that pain, that difficulty, that those trials, when they come into your life, they're a test that God is going to use to strengthen your faith. And then last week, what we talked about is we talked about how you don't give up when it seems like your dream is going to die. When it seems like your goals and everything you've wanted, when it seems like you're about to lose them. And what we said last week is the way that you keep going when that's happening is you just keep believing. You, you just keep the faith and you keep trusting God even when it looks like your world is falling apart. That's what we talked about last week. Well, today, we're talking about how do you not give up on other people? How, how, do, you, how do you not give up on other people? Because when you get close to Jesus, when you look at Jesus, here's what you see. Jesus never got annoyed with people. Jesus never got annoyed with people. Jesus never, never was put off by someone. Every person that came into contact with Jesus, every person that walked up to Jesus, Jesus saw them for who they were and what they needed. Every single person that came in contact with Jesus, He never gave up on them. He saw them for who they were, what they needed the most, because what they needed the most was Him. And Jesus never gave up on anybody that came to Him. And see, here's what I want us to do. Here's why I want us to do this today. Because I believe, and, and I, hope, I, hope you're, I hope you're tracking with this. I hope you're tracking with this, church. Because here's what I believe for us as a church. I believe that the days coming up for Summit are big days. I believe that the days coming up for our church are really, really big days. We talked about this a little bit in life groups on Wednesday night. That, that the days coming up for our church are just going to be huge. I believe that God is about to do something in our church that's going to absolutely blow our minds. Next week, we're starting a four-week series called The Day. And, and the whole premise of that series 
is that, that our lives revolve around some really big days, don't they? I mean, you think about it. There's maybe the day you graduated. Maybe the day you got married. Maybe the day your kids were born. But what if the biggest days of your life haven't even happened? What if the biggest days of your life haven't happened yet? And so next week we're going to talk about the day you got a second chance. Listen, if you know people that don't know Jesus, you want them here next week. The day you got a second chance. The the following week, we're going to talk about the day you die. Then the third week is the day Jesus comes back. And then the last week is the day you stand before God. But we're going to put a whole lot into the next couple of weeks. We put a lot into every Sunday, but these next four weeks, we're just praying that God would bring people. You're going to start seeing commercials on TV for the day series this week. We've got over 2,000 invite cards in the lobby. We're praying that God does an amazing work in our church over the next four weeks. And then just after that is our big Easter event called the world's largest Easter egg hunt. We did it last year. Over 500 people showed up. And we believe God's going to bring way more than that this year, Saturday, March 31st at Perry County Park. We're going to get a lot of details about that coming up. And then the weekend after that is Easter. Listen, if you don't know anything about Easter and church, here's what you need to know. That's our Super Bowl, baby. That's when you get the jersey on. That's when you bring your A game. All right. Now, some of you are here, and maybe that's, the only, that's one of the only two times you come to church is on Easter and Christmas. If that's you, we just outed you. We're sorry. But it's going to be a big day, and we're praying for big things, and we're believing God for big things. And I believe that the biggest days of our church, even though we only had a few days since we started in September, God's going to do some big, day, big things in our church in the upcoming days, and I think we need to be ready. And so today, I want to help us get ready. Today I want to help us get ready, and I want us to see how Jesus saw people. So if you can open up your Bibles, go ahead and open your Bible to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And what I want us to see today, I want us to see two realities that Jesus gives us about your world. Two realities, two things that are true about your world, and then come back and say, all right, well, if that's true... What are we going to do about it? If, if those things are true, if when Jesus looks at my world, that's what he sees, what am I going to do about it? So Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And if you don't have a Bible, as usual, the words are going to be up there on the screen. There they are. And we say this every week. If you don't have a Bible, plenty of Bibles in the back. We just want you to take one today. No questions asked. All right? Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Here we go. Let's read this together. It says this. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, so this is what Jesus sees when he looks at people that don't know him. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. Two realities I want us to see today about your world. And if you're taking notes, you should write these down because I never want us to forget that these things are always true wherever we're at, at all times. First reality about your world that Jesus sees when He looks at your world is that people need Jesus. People need 
Jesus. So what's happening here is Jesus is going through all kinds of cities and towns. It said he's going to all the cities, all the villages, and everywhere that Jesus goes, whenever Jesus looks at a crowd, whenever Jesus looks at people, what he sees are people who are harassed, who are helpless, who are like sheep without a shepherd. It means they're lost, is what that means. It means that these people don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so when Jesus looks at the crowd of people that are coming to Him, what Jesus sees is Jesus sees people who are looking to all kinds of other things besides Him for salvation. Jesus sees people who are looking to things, all, all kinds of other things than Him for hope. So when Jesus looks at this crowd of people, what He sees before Him at this time when this is written down, what Jesus sees before Him are people who are looking to sex for salvation. When Jesus looks at the crowd that was in front of him, what he sees are people who are looking for money, for salvation. Because if I can just save a little bit, of, a little bit, if I can have this much in the account, if I can have this much that I've stored up, then I'll feel secure. Then I'll feel okay. What Jesus sees when he looks at this crowd are people who are looking to their family to save them. What, what Jesus sees when he looks at this crowd are people who are looking to good, moral living, religion to save them. What Jesus sees when he looks at this crowd are people who are lost. He sees people who are coming to Him and they, and they want healing. They want Him to do all kinds of other works except for the main work, which is for Him to forgive them of their sins. Church, never forget this. Always remember this. Every person you will ever look at either is saved or lost. Every person that you'll ever look at is either saved or lost. Every person you'll ever come into contact with, every person you have ever come into contact with, they are going to live forever. Nobody ceases to exist after they die. The question is, where will they live forever? Will they live forever in heaven because they have a relationship with Jesus or hell because they rejected Jesus? You're saying, wow, this is really heavy. I know this is heavy. That's why we've got to talk about this. Every person we've ever met, if they don't know Jesus, then they're looking to something else other than Jesus to save them. So the addict, right, the addict, is looking to something other than Jesus to save them. That person that you go to school with, that person you work with, that's sleeping with their boyfriend, sleeping with their girlfriend, doing all kinds of stuff, they're looking for salvation in something other than Jesus. The person whose world has fallen apart because of the economic downturn and it doesn't feel like they can take another step because they've lost everything they've worked for, everything they've hoped for, they're looking to that for salvation instead of Jesus. Every person that we've ever come into contact with either has a relationship with Jesus or does not have a relationship with Jesus. And when Jesus sees this crowd and when you and I look at people that we meet, when you and I look at people that we work with, that we live around, we need to remember this person might not know Jesus. See, I think it's just as important though that we see what Jesus doesn't do here as it is that we see what we do, as, as it is that we see what he does do, because what Jesus doesn't do here, what Jesus doesn't do when he looks at this crowd of lost people, and he knows what they're doing, he knows what's going on there when the curtains are closed, he knows that some of these people are doing crazy things in the bedroom, he knows that there's some crazy things going on in these people's lives, but what Jesus doesn't do, what Jesus doesn't do, is Jesus doesn't focus on their behavior and miss their heart. 
Listen to me, too many times Christians and churches focus on wanting to change people's behavior instead of their hearts. And listen to me, the only way that behavior is really going to change is if somebody's heart is changed. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not tracking with this. I see Christians do this way too many times. Focus on behavior instead of the heart. I'm going to give you an example. Some of you, this might offend you, but it's too late. We've already went down the road and I feel that we cannot go back. But you might not like this. But this is true. I see this happen all the time. Let's just say you are around some of your friends that do not know Jesus. And I'll put it this way. Perhaps they have a more colorful vocabulary than you do. Some of you don't get that. Ask your neighbor and they'll just start using that language. Um, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe you know people and they just have a more colorful vocabulary. They have access to more words than possibly you use anymore. Are you catching what I'm throwing? Some of you are looking at me. Can you use an example? No! But I just need you to get it, man. That's all I'm going to give you. All right? But let's just, but there you are. You love the Lord. You're with your friends and they don't. And somebody all of a sudden uses something, says, says a word you'd never say. I've seen this happen all kinds of times. And they're using language you would never use. Maybe you or maybe you've seen Christians do this. And they look at them and they go, oh! I am washed in the blood of the Lamb. Thou never speakest to me that way. Does thou not know these are holy ears? As if you ain't never said that stuff in your life. Now come on. Now come on. Right? Now, 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 now. Now, let's pretend this happens. The guy looks at you and he says this. Ah, oh, you're right. I shouldn't use that language. You're right. I, man, I, I keep trying to clean up the way that I talk. You know, you're right, man. I'm never going to use that word again. I know a lot of Christians that think that's a win. They walk off, they spike the Bible, they do chest bumps and all that stuff. Listen, that's not a win. That is not a win. Why? Because you cannot cuss and still go to hell. Somebody should have amended that. So I'll just keep going. You can be really moral and still go to hell. You can go, listen to this, man. Some of you guys need to hear this because you might not know this is true. You can go to church every Sunday and still go to hell. Did you know that? This is... Just, I, I, maybe I just need to say this because some of you, maybe this is new for you. You come in here, you don't get one of the cards where God st st uh, stamps it and, you know, 10 visits you get in heaven for free. It doesn't roll that way. You can be moral, you cannot cuss, you can go to church and still go to hell because you don't have Jesus. Listen, listen. Lost people, people that don't know Jesus, do the things they do because they don't know Jesus. And the church shouldn't judge lost people. The church shouldn't look down their nose at lost people, people who don't know Jesus. Instead, what the church should do is exactly what Jesus does for this crowd. Did you see it? It said that He looked at them with compassion. Man, I think God, somebody looked at me with compassion. Can anybody say that? I think, man, I didn't grow up in church. I got saved when I was 18. I was into drugs. I was all into all kinds of crazy stuff. I praise God that somebody looked at me with compassion, invited me to church, and I heard about Jesus, and I've never gotten over it. I, I praise God for that. And we don't need to judge people that don't know Jesus. We need to have compassion for them. And compassion doesn't mean that you feel sorry for me. Compassion means that you take action to give me what I need the most. And if I don't know Jesus, what I need the most is Jesus. First reality about your world that you've got to see is people need Jesus. 
Second reality that we, that we need to see, and I, I, man, every time I hear this uh, passage preached, I've never heard this before. I've never heard what I'm about to say. And since I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. Second reality you need to see is that people are ready to come to Jesus. See, not only do people need Jesus, that's the first reality, but number two, people are ready right now that you know they are ready to come to Jesus. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus says. Did you see that? Verse, uh, verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, so here's this crowd, he sees that they're lost, then Jesus turns to his boys, to his disciples, and says, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. He's talking about these people. Now, what's a harvest? Some of you, some of you are, 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 are gardeners, you're farmers. I am not. I have absolutely never done such a thing in my life. But I've known people who've done those things. What's a harvest? The harvest is when the crops are ready and you go get them. Right? The harvest is when the crops are ready. And so what you do at that point is you go get them and bring them in. And Jesus is saying to us, the harvest is plentiful. There are people in your life, there are people in your life that God is already working on, and they are ready to come to Jesus right now. There are people that you go to school with. There are people that you work with. There are people that you live with. There are people that live in the neighborhood that you live with. Listen to me, God is already at work in their lives because God always goes ahead of us. God is already at work in their lives, and they are at a point right now to where if you would invite them, they would come. To where if you would walk up to them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. It would be like the dam broke in their life. And God would change their life. There are people that God is already working on in your life. When Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, here's what he's saying, somebody. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, the potential is unlimited for the amount of people that are ready to get saved. The potential is unlimited for the lives that I'm ready to change. I'm telling you that you know people right now who are looking for a second chance. Don't you? You know people right now who are looking for another shot. You know people right now that are looking for forgiveness. You know people who right now, what they want to know more than anything else is, can I get rid of the junk of my past? Can I be made right? Do I have to live with this condemnation that I've been carrying? Do I have to feel dirty for the rest of my life because of something that somebody did to me when I was little? And you know the answer to that, don't you? You know that the answer is no. That Jesus on the cross, He took all of your sin. Jesus on the cross, He took all of the sins done against you. And there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's second chance. And you know people who right now, right now, if we just go to them, everything would change. Now this isn't true for everybody, but Jesus is telling us here, it's true for more people than we think that it is. See, people need Jesus. And there are more people ready to come to Jesus right now than we think they are. So what does that mean for you and me? What does that mean for us? Here's what it means. It means we do two things. It means we do two things. We work and we pray. We work and we pray. You see what he says after that? He says, he says the, the harvest is plentiful. Watch this. But the laborers are few. What's a laborer? Somebody that works. Listen, the harvest is not going to come without a lot of work, is it? People are, listen, here's what's not going to happen next Sunday. What's not going to happen next Sunday is the population of this city and this county, they're not all going to wake up and say, we must go to Summit. We must go to that church. We must go to the forum today. That's not going to happen. How will that happen? How will your friends come? If you invite them. 
How will your friends know about Jesus if you tell them? See, the harvest is not going to come without work. So what does work mean? Let me just define work for us for a little bit. Work means this. Invite your friends. Invite your friends. Invite your friends. Look at your neighbor and say, invite your friends. Oh my gosh. Now look at your second choice and say, invite your friends. You must not have liked the first person that much. Look at the person you, did, you didn't choose and tell them, invite your friends. Invite your friends. Tell everybody you know. If you don't know nobody, go out and meet some people. Listen, what we've seen happen over and over and over is people have invited their friends and then those friends got saved. Listen, here's what's amazing. I love what happened this morning. Sean baptized his mom. You know who invited his mom to Summit? I'll give you three guesses. The first two, or well, all three, Sean. Sean's the answer. Sean's the answer. Some of you are like, I don't know. Sean did. Some of you, some of you are like looking at, listen, listen, we've survived snowpocalypse. We're going to make it. Now, if you didn't go out and get bread and milk, I mean, you ain't going to make it, apparently. It's over for you. But some of us did. And we ain't going to share ours with the people that didn't. It's going to be crazy. But we're going to make it. I'm having fun. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here's what we've seen. Here's what we've seen every week. People come to Summit because they've been invited. They get saved. Then they go out and they invite their friends and then they, get, they come in and they get saved. And it's a chain reaction. You don't believe me? I'm going to show it to you. Watch this. Hey, go ahead and get the lights, guys. Let's bring it up. Let's bring up this video. I want everybody in the house, pay attention to this. This is so awesome. Watch this. I'm Sean Stamper. I came to Summit Church. I uh, gave my life to Christ here. I've been baptized along with my daughter and my wife. And I have invited Eugenia Stamford along with others. My name is Eugenia Stamper. I was invited to Summit Community Church where I was saved and baptized. And I invited Paula Brewer and her spot. My name is Paula Brewer. I was invited to a Summit by Eugenia Stamper. I was saved and baptized. And I have invited other family and friends. My name is Heather Sparkman. I came to Summit. I was invited by Eugenia where I got saved and baptized, and I've been inviting other family and friends also. My name is Sandra Noble, and I was invited to Summit Church by Terry Hostetler, and I was saved and baptized here, and I invited my mom, Wanda Smith, and my sister-in-law, Jessica Mix. My name is Wanda Smith. I've been coming to Summit since September, and I'm inviting my family and friends to visit now. My name is Jessica Nace. I was invited to Summit by Sandra Noble, where I was saved and baptized here, and I invited my mom, Jane Ann Noble. My name is Jane Ann Noble. I was invited here to Summit Church by my daughter Jessica, where I have renewed my relationship with Christ, and now I'm inviting all my family and friends. I'm Lynn Smith. I was invited to Summit by Mark Holmes. I have invited my best friend, and now my sister in Christ, Katrina Jeff. My name is Katrina Jeff, and I came to Summit because I was invited by my friend Lynn Smith. I was saved and baptized. My name is Tucker. I came to Summit because I got a card for Black Gold Festival. Jonathan Jett, and I came to Summit because Tucker and Katrina were invited, and I was saved and baptized on November the 13th, and I invited Creighton Spurlock and his family. My name is Creighton Spurlock, this is my wife Angela, my son Hunter, who's invited to Summit by the Jett family, and we got saved and baptized. If you don't think that's awesome, something's wrong with you. Be a bringer. Be a bringer. And we're going to do it again. Look at your neighbor and say, be a bringer. Be a bringer. What's that mean? What do you think that means? Bring people. Bring people. Listen, listen. Are you telling me that the only way my friends can get saved is if you bring them? Is if I bring them? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. But I'm telling you, that's what we've seen God do every week in this church. And listen, there are people in your world right now that are ready to come, ready to accept Jesus. And all you need to do is not only invite them, but bring them. The harvest won't come without laborers. Let's labor. Let's work. Let's invite. And let's watch God move. Are you with me? I believe that you're with me. Jesus says, you can get, you can get pumped, man. You can get pumped. But then Jesus also says that the laborers are few. And see, watch this. This, this. He doesn't say what you think that he would say. Because he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, if that were me, you, if that were me, I would say, all right, so go. All kinds of lost people ready to get saved. The laborers are few. Guys, let's go. That's not what he says. Watch what he says. Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So here's what we do. We work and we pray. You, you don't pick. Too many Christians want to say, what do you do? Do you pray or do you work? We do both. God uses both. We pray to the Lord of the harvest. We pray to God and we ask God to change lives. No harvest from God comes without prayer. So you should be praying that God would turn your friends' lives upside down. You should be praying that God would save this entire city. God would save this entire county. God would save this entire region. You should be praying big prayers because I'm telling you, God is not intimidated by your big prayers. Our biggest prayer cannot even come close to who God is. God's not intimidated by your big prayers, so pray big prayers. Ask God for big things. Ask God to change lives. We work and we pray. I'll give you a challenge. I want to give you a challenge. I want to challenge every one of us in this church, me included, me included. I want to challenge every one of us here today that over the next seven days, every day until next Sunday, every one of us here today, you would pray at some point in your day, you would pray, Jesus, help me see my world the way you see my world. Jesus, help me to see my world the way that you see my world. Because every person that you're going to come into contact with today has a soul. Maybe you're going to go out and eat after this. The waiter, the waitress that's going to be helping you, maybe instead of her there, them being there to help you, you're there to help them. Because they have a soul. And they have a story. Every person you're going to come into contact with today and this week for the rest of your life needs Jesus. Some of them, in fact, many of them, are ready to come to Jesus. So what do we do? We work and we pray. We invite, we bring. When you leave today for the series that we're starting next week, you're going to see them out there. There's over 2,000 invite cards out there. Take as many as you want. Let's pass those things out. Let's, let's, let's just dominate all over Facebook and Twitter and all of those things because God, God is using that in our church. Invite people. And let's watch God do amazing things. And let's pray, Jesus, help me to see my world the way that you see my world. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see our world the way that you see our world. And for, for a lot of us, I pray that right now you would just begin to bring to mind people that we see week in and week out, and maybe we've never wondered before, do they have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe it's the restaurant that we go to every day, and we see the same employees, and we've never wondered. I wonder, wonder what would happen to them if they died. We'd go to, go to Walmart somebody that we work with. Maybe it's somebody in our class, school, and we've never asked ourselves, I wonder, I wonder what's going on in their lives. 
with their relationship with Jesus. I wonder if they even have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I believe that there are people here in the room and they're looking to other things than you for salvation. Maybe they're looking to some guy or girl. And, oh, if that person would love me, if that person would accept me, I'd have everything that I need and really they're just looking for you. Maybe there's somebody here in the grip of an addiction and really what they're looking for is you because because the addiction, when, when they get that fix and they get that high, it, it gives them the escape, it gives them relief. They get away from it all for a while and really what they're looking for is you because at the end of the day, only you can bring lasting comfort and joy and peace and salvation. Maybe there's somebody here today and what they're, and what they're looking to instead of you is, is money and trying to maintain a certain lifestyle because if they can maintain that lifestyle, then everybody thinks that they've got it all together then they think that they've made it. But then Jesus... They die and everything that they've worked for, they lose because the one thing that they needed more than anything was you and they missed it. I pray that that wouldn't be, wouldn't be what happens today. How many of you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you would say, Mark, I want, I want you to pray for me that God would give me boldness to be a bringer, to invite my friends and to do the work that I need to do to see God change people's lives in my world. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand right now. You put it back up, up, back down. God, what hands are going up all over. Say, Mark, I want boldness. I want boldness from God to make an impact in people's lives. I want boldness from God to be a bringer. Go ahead and put your hands down. How many of you right now, just by raising your hand, how many of you right now would say, Mark, I already know somebody. There is somebody on my heart that I am praying for that over the next few weeks that they would come. I am praying that they have a relationship with Jesus. I'm praying that God changes their lives. If that's you and you've already got at least one person in your mind, would you raise your hand right now just so we can pray for them? Hands are going up all over. That's awesome. It's awesome that here we, in, in our church we all know people who need Jesus. We're not pulling away from those people. Let's go to those people. Let's pray for those people. But here also is this. Here's what I know. Some of you are here today. Maybe, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today you want to start one. Today is the day that you come home to Jesus. You stop looking to all kinds of other things instead of Him and because in Him you'll find what you need and what you've really been looking for. Some of you, you know that today is the day that you need to give your life to Jesus. When Jesus is looking at that crowd, you say, hey, that describes me. It describes where I'm at. I just keep looking and I feel so helpless and I feel so hopeless. And what I need is I need Jesus to save me. And so if that's you today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just ask you to pray this prayer with me. And if you are here and you want to respond to Jesus, give Jesus your life, begin a relationship with Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. Just pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and save me. I want to be made new. I want to have a relationship with you. Thank you that you love me. And I give you my life. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if you just, I wonder if anybody is in here and you just prayed that prayer for the first time just now for the first time you prayed that prayer or maybe you didn't but you'd say Mark I want today to begin a relationship with Jesus 
I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, as soon as I say three, you just raise your hand. One, two, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and give Him your life, raise your hand. Three, raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room? There's a hand right here. There's another hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God. Hands are going up. Listen, if you just raised your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your connection card. And I want you to flip that over and on the back, I want you to check that you just gave your life to Christ. And on your way out today, we've got people in the back who want to talk to you, give you a free gift and help you take the next step. So don't forget, check that card. You didn't finish something, you just started something today. Church, let's praise God. Let's praise God today for decisions that have been made, for lives that are changed, and for what God is going to do in and through Summit in the next few weeks. All right, let's, let's pray right now. Let's pray. Let's thank God for what He's done today and let's pray for our offering that we're about to take right now. Help us out. I'll get ready for that. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank You so much, God, that, that people today have responded to the Gospel. And God, thank You so much that we here in the room got a lot of people, most people it looked like, Raise their hand to say, I know people. I've got people in my life that need a relationship with Jesus. And I want to be a bringer. God, I pray that you would, you would help us to see our world the way that you see our world. And Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Because in giving every week, what this does is, is God, you use it to go out through this church to change lives. And so, Father, as we give, we give because, God, we want more people to experience what we have experienced. So, Father, bless our giving today. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are coming forward right now. You guys come on up front. And listen, if you believe, if you believe what, in what God is doing here through our church, if you believe in what God is doing through Summit, changing lives, our, our, our mission is transform people transforming the world and if you believe in that mission then we invite you to be a part of it in several ways one in the next few weeks at discover summit you can become a partner you can actually join others serve some of you maybe you come every single week and you've never checked the box to volunteer why don't you do that today why don't you get in the game and maybe serve in summit kids or guest services wherever you think that god is leading you another opportunity is to give when you give every week god uses what you give to change lives in this community and beyond. And, and, and we just praise God for those of you who do give on a regular basis. Maybe today, though, you want to begin to start that for the very first time. But know that when you give, it goes to seeing people begin a relationship with Jesus. So let's give today, and then after we're done with this offering, I'll come back out and, and uh, give us a, a little bit of closing instructions this morning.
thank you so much for being here today. Our band is going to dismiss us. Uh, a few announcements, though. Just one thing you need to know, there's no life groups Wednesday night. We do six-week semesters for life groups. That ended this past Wednesday. Life groups will start again March the 14th. Remember, no Discover Summit tonight. Next week starts the day. So, guys, let's pray big. Let's invite hard. Invite cards are out there in the lobby. Let's stand and worship as our band dismisses us. Hey, love you guys. See you next week. Oh